What up, everybody? We're back this week for this week's episode of the Big Go Bell Podcast. I am back, but also to shout out to my crew uh, for holding it down last week. It's really been a while since I missed the show, so it was absolutely amazing to be a fan of your own show, listening to these guys get into uh, really deep discussion on everything that's going on. They knocked out an hour and 30 minutes, and damn, I'll be lying if I didn't even realize it was that long myself. Really good episode. Yeah, it was it was, it was, was dope. I really appreciate y'all. Um, so for the absence of Damien, Salty G, Silly Sellers, and Hill Will, I appreciate you guys um, for holding it down. And of course, my guy, uh, Day One, uh, Jamal the John Crab, he's here tonight. Thank you also as well for last week for holding it down. Really appreciate you. But uh, we definitely got some things to talk about tonight. So before we start, how is it going, brother? Uh, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> I have a lot of questions about Gemini Man with Will Smith and Will Smith. Um, <laughs> the, the biggest question I have isn't about the movie because the movie's going to be either good or bad, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, the question is, where should I see it? Um, okay. I really. There isn't a theater in America that can project the movie the way the director intended it. Right on. So now okay. I got to go ahead. Right on. And, and, and just to plug that really, really quick, um, definitely check out my review for Gemini Man. Um, it's on the YouTube channel. I've seen it uh, Tuesday. And um, my review is Yeah, Miles. So my review is there. I'm not going to uh, put too much emphasis on it. But Jamal brings up... A really point a really good point because I didn't even know this um going into the movie, but I found out um after some comments on the video and also reading it up. So Gemini Man obviously is shown in you know regular 2D. It's also a 3D movie, but that's not the razzle dazzle of it. You can see it at uh 3D 120 frames per second. Yep. Is, which is unheard of. Um yep. I think I think the new I don't even know what device can can do that. Yet alone, like Jamal said, there is no theater in nowhere in our area for sure that's that's showing that um, that that has the capability of showing that. And yet alone, my screen it did not uh, have that. I saw it in two D, but I will say that there is a there's one particular scene in the in the third uh, in, in the in the third not segment. What should I call it? The act. third third act. Thank you of the movie that you can tell is going to look bomb in it because it even looked crazy in standard uh 2d i'm guessing it's 2d 60 frames right absolutely not sir two two 2d what uh, 30 frames 24 24 okay so just regular standard tv well anyway yeah it, it, it did well look, tv look, is look. actually 30 oh, okay yeah. This is not a movie podcast, so uh, we can get into <laughs> yeah. that later. Yeah, yeah. But, but the idea is uh, 120 frames per second at 2K, uh, and 2K is slightly better than 1080p. Uh, or you can do 4K 
at 60 frames a second in IMAX or Dolby Cinema or whatever you want to do. Those, so if you see the 3D plus or 3D plus high frame rate, those are usually 4K and 60 frames a second. It's going to look smooth. Honestly, it's going to look like you're watching Days of Our Lives. So if you hate the yes, soap opera effects, don't yeah. see that. Yep. I like it. And, then, and I've never seen a movie in theaters at 120 frames a second. So that's going to be bananas. Yeah, the, the, only, the only thing I've yeah. seen close to it is The Hobbit. That's actually a 40 frame, 48 frames a second. So that's not even close to it. <laughs> so The Hobbit just doubled 24 frames. That's all they did. And it looked like, especially like in, in the, the first one, where they were sliding down the ramp and the, the chase scene of the mines or whatever, that mm-hmm. was nuts. Mm-hmm. And people were mm-hmm. getting seasick. <laughs> so, you know, when they were doing that, at three times smoother than that, three times more frames than that, in 3D, um, that's going to, uh, you know, that's going to start from hearts. So I, that's, I'm really interested in that. Uh, the movie is getting mixed reviews as far as, like, the content goes, and obviously the review is up. But um, White Marsh, if you're out there in Baltimore, uh, White Marsh is where you want to go if you want to get that, that 2K 120 frame goodness. But other than that, there are only 14 theaters around the country that will give you 120 frames, period. Yeah, um, we got there are only three, three theaters in the world, and they're all in China, that will give you 4K at 120 frames. So, I mean, how do you shoot a movie that you can't even, that you can't even show? But. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, we, we, we got to talk more about that. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, that, that definitely was something that uh, came across uh, my, my comments earlier. Um, so, yeah. But uh, overall, you know, check out the review on all your moviegoers out there. It's on the YouTube channel. Also, for you wrestling fans, check out my preview for WoW, episode five of season two uh, preview. So no spoilers, uh, no uh, no talk about uh, just, just the parameters of what you're going to expect in the episode. No outcomes of matches or anything like that. Um, and, and, and of course, WoW uh, comes on TV on Access, 8 o'clock p.m. on Saturday. But yeah, let's talk about this week in wrestling. Couple of things to talk about. And of, of all things everyone's talking about, the thing that everyone, the only thing everyone should be talking about right now is my man, Master P. <laughs> okay, first of all, if you have no clue who Master P is, um, Wikipedia. Consider yourself lucky. <laughs> Check out Wikipedia. It's type in Master P. You, you can start there. Um, but Master P is a New Orleans, New Orleans, wait, how you say it? New Orleans native Um and 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 uh, more of a mogul. He's been in the rap business. He's been in the clothing business. He has TV shows. Um, he branded potato chips too. Yeah, that's right. Actually, rap snacks is very successful. To be honest, yeah, they're good. Uh, yeah. Um. So he's he's a lesser ditty. We'll just start there. But um, he was caught up by TMZ this week, and he was talking about his new TV show next to his wife and next to his son. And at the tear end of that video, which you can watch this video on our Facebook page right now, um, he says that he is getting into the world of professional wrestling. Vince McMahon better watch out. He has purchased Hog, Hog House of Glory. He is now in the business of professional wrestling, and he is signing no, everybody. Actually, he's now back in the business of professional wrestling because in, in the latter years of WCW, he definitely, uh, yeah, it was him, Conan, Rey Mysterio. And all of those guys versus like the NWO Red and uh, NWO in um, in several matches. So they definitely had like a no limit match with uh, Slick the Shocker 
I know it's silk. I don't, don't at me. Well, with Sid Shaka and um and, and Percy on in a tag team. So I'm just honestly we just waiting for Fiend to show up. Not the Fiend, just Fiend. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but let, let it, it, all jokes and stuff aside. Like, what does this mean for the business? Because um, he's a reputable name. He he comes with a a, a nice checkbook. Um, and you know, he's a different type of owner. Uh, and I, his viewership of, you know, like you said, kind of re-entering the, the wrestling business, but he, he doesn't really have that, that traditional centric, uh, mind for wrestling, but it doesn't make him a bad business person. Actually, again, he's, he's been a person that, you know, a lot of people didn't believe in in certain aspects, but Hey, he's still around. He's still, he's still making it happen. I mean, he could be Jermaine Dupree, <laughs> but uh, he's 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 actually still he's he's still afloat. Uh, That's but- actually put that on a commercial. Master P Enterprises. He could be Jermaine Dupree. <laughs> but yeah, for you, what, what 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 do you make of it? Um, I think it, obviously the biggest surprise is that he uh, House of Glory is a on the on the radar up for sale. Um, I, I that was something that I wasn't uh, privy to, so going on them for getting that deal done um as far as the business goes uh i could imagine it changing too much i mean they are um uh promoting their next show uh and it's november 16th at the new york city a new nyc arena in jamaica queens and it's called house of glory no limit hmm <laughs> hmm uh kurt angle is going to be there and house honestly house of glory is it, definitely like the East Coast version of Wrestle Circus, uh, or or not Wrestle Circus, um, the one in Los Angeles, uh, PWG. PWG. Yeah, like I, I would say that they're on that level. Where like if you if you're like a mainstay in House of Glory, then your next stop is you know Evolve or you know something like that, or the Ring of Honor Dojo or something like that. Well, a private party were picked out of House of Glory to work as their home promotion. Uh, to go to AEW. So, I mean, they, they, they definitely got some names. Everybody, that, Sasha Banks, over the summer, trained with the Amazing Red uh, to get back into shape for at, at House of Glory. So they're, they're a staple in the New York City area, uh, in the same way where Beyond Wrestling is a staple in New England and Freelance Wrestling in Chicago, and so on and so forth. So they're, they are a big deal. The fact that, you know, Percy and, and the, the No Limit Soldiers uh, Mia X and all of them. Uh, you know, how would that uh, factor into it? I mean, it's easy to joke about it and say that like they're definitely going to have like a golden tank match and and do all this other craziness and you know you know, Wardy on a pole match and all this other stuff. You know, free wrap snacks under like the first rows, uh, ringside seats um, <laughs> because if, you got to get to like your barbecue little Romeo snacks um, you know, with, with your with your free ringside ticket. It's easy to joke about that, but realistically, it will be interesting to see how Percy's influence comes in. Obviously, the first show be, under this new um, uh, umbrella being called No Limit, um, you know, and it doesn't look like a, one of those gaudy album covers from the late '90s either. So I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, he's a businessman. Uh, he does he does know of wrestling as he did participate in it at some point in a very real way. So I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him, you know. Yay for another black-owned business. Yeah, 
Um, you bring it up amazing red. I think that's an interesting point because obviously, um, he's 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 real reputable in training people from all throughout the business. I think Master P influence, uh, and obviously financial benefit could primarily bring in and and out and probably make that school even bigger than what it is. So, um, expect more people to come through there because of the cash flow, but also the reputable names, the attention it's going to be bringing as well too. Um, and you're right. You're absolutely right. I think a lot of people are going to eye it as like, this is a very, uh, and it's in New York at that too. So like, this is a very good situation to easily get a start and to easily get it eyes on me. So mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that, but with New York is a hideously competitive wrestling market because there's so many great uh, wrestling promotions in the tri-state area. So th- th- for them to still stand out, amongst the tier ones and the capital wrestlings and the battle club pros and, and such is a testament of how, wh- what they mean to the New York wrestling scene. So I'm very curious as to why uh, that particular promotion, rather than starting his, uh, his own, uh, maybe, uh, who knows? Who knows? I really haven't seen any of those questions uh, get answered anywhere, but uh, it also seemed kind of random that he was just like in his uh, like gator print new balance, yeah, I'm just gonna uh, buy a wrestling thing. Vince McMahon better watch out. Wait, what? I thought it was a joke, honestly, when you sent that to me. And I'm thinking, like, okay, Percy, like he's obviously drank a gallon of lean, and he doesn't know tell. No, he actually bought it. Interesting. <laughs> so, I really can't wait to see what happens, see how it changes, and what the influence is going forward. Yeah, and uh, you know, also with them having a TV show, that's also a kind of a good way to get eyes on it too, because it's going to be taking a look into his family and so forth. I, that would mean that the business would get eyes on it. So you know, publicity is publicity, however you look at it. But um, yeah, you know, maybe this is an opportunity to bring back the five hundred four boys. I mean, hell, maybe this might be a time for them to go back sure, on tour. Bring everything back. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, uh, you're definitely right. That that C murder rules match that that could be interesting. Um, also, I'm I'm, I'm I'm waiting for that mind of mystical match to happen. <laughs> um, um, also, too, I mean, if he doesn't actually sign homicide to No Limit Records, like set aside the wrestling stuff, he de- if he doesn't sign homicide I, or Nick Gage, I just I just don't know. But that seems like an easy fit for him, right? <laughs> well, the truth is, if every single wrestler on there doesn't have better theme music, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> and like, I don't I need to have better interest music. Also, don't expect the belt. Expect the chain with a tank on it. hundred <laughs> mm-hmm. percent. Oh yeah. That, that, that's yeah, that's gonna happen. <laughs> but all jokes aside, yeah, I'm 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 very excited for the potential of, of what that can mean. Because wrestling's been crazy. We all we all know the big moguls are doing things and you know, the AEWs, the WWE, and so forth. And so it's kind of like, what's happening on the indies? Well, you have somebody has a big a big wallet investing into the indie scene. That's a good thing. And it's a good start for all the reasons that you said. So um, definitely going to be keeping an eye out on see what goes on with that. And yes, if you need that interest music, you definitely are in the business with the right person. Just make sure you get the rights to your music because you don't want him to end up owning it. And we'll see how well, that actually how that worked out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, little Romeo, I'm sure he doesn't have anything going on. So expect to see him in a match very soon. Maybe Mania weekend we see Lil Romeo in a, in a, in, a, in his first uh, professional wrestling match. 
again, we don't need to bring everything back. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what else is going on in wrestling? Obviously, the Wednesday Night Wars um, and everything with that. Um, I did not watch anything live because I was in a movie, but I did get to go back and rewatch uh, NXT. I got to watch a little bit of um, AEW um, rerun last night. What's today? Yeah, last night. Uh, so, yeah, but you know, as far as as far as the whole war aspect, you know, it's obviously a competition. I heard that AEW is shooting shots. Uh, NXT is just putting on better and better quality matches. I mean, the Walter and Kushida match was absolutely nuts. Um, I think they they had a good tone starting off with Leo Rush and uh, Drew Gulak. Uh, NXT it, it, that's that's more of my thing. So it, it from what I watched on the Hulu replay today it was uh, very very entertaining. But you know, for the all as for the for for the whole aspect of it being a war, um, the important things is the numbers, is which everyone is kind of focusing on. So, how did they do this week and week two in this war in this war between the two companies? Uh, well, according to uh, WrestlingInc.com, uh, apparently AEW has once again bested uh, NXT uh, in the same ready. So they air. Uh, eat live at uh, 8 Eastern, 7 Central on uh, TNT and the USA Network. NXT did 790,000 on the US Network, according to Showbuzz Daily uh, via the Wrestling And in, uh, AEW did 1.018 million, so just a shade over a million. Uh, Dynamite topped NXT by 29%. Uh, so I, I can go through all the numbers and the breakdown of demographics and all the BS and stuff like that, but I'm not a marketing executive, so I really don't care. One thing I do care about is we've talked about in the past about how NXT, its almost sole purpose is to just spite AEW. Mm-hmm. WWE uh, has shown really no general interest in it um, because of this newfound wrestling on Wednesday night. I've invested in uh, a streaming television service. So, at least for the time being, YouTube TV has my attention. And now that I'm able to watch simultaneously uh, after the fact, I can see what matches they're putting up against each other. Okay. I can see that that they're putting up uh, Leo Rush versus Drew Gulak in a championship match at the start of the show to counterbalance the, uh, the start of AEW show. Um, I can see how the, the NXT went 15 minutes, not 15 minutes, but about eight minutes late. Yep. And exactly at six, uh, at 10 p.m., exactly at 10 p.m. on the dot, they go, we are NXT, we are not your kind, and you know, blah, blah, blah. So they, they're obviously counterbalancing each other. At the, the start of the 9 o'clock hour, uh, NXT had uh, um, Isaiah Scott. I was going to call him his other name, but no. Swerve. Isaiah Scott. Versus, um, uh, who the hell did he beat? Uh, Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you it, mean pretty? Yeah, he lost. Yeah. but yeah, yeah, he lost. But yeah, yeah, it, yeah but it was still um, Scott versus Strong in a pretty competitive match at the top of the hour. So if you look at both of them and see where the matches fall, you can definitely see some correlations that there's there's somebody in the back. With a channel, a dedicated channel on TNT, and all the other guys have a dedicated channel on USA, and they're definitely, probably on the fly, but they're definitely going. Okay, I see what you did. 
let, let's let's do this. And there's only six matches, so they can kind of rearrange things a bit. And then, of course, there's the big finish uh, at the end. But it, it really feels reminiscent of uh, you know twenty something years ago with WCW and WWE, where Nitro would go off at ten fifty nine, and then you would turn on the USA Network or the National Network, and they go. It's 11 o'clock and we're staying till the end of this match. I see what you did there. So I like those things, but all in all, AEW for the second consecutive week has toppled NXT by a sizable number. Uh, 29% or about 220,000 people. And that doesn't even include the extra 100-something thousand people that watched on True TV because of conflicting baseball coverage. So... If you add them both in, we're talking about a 300,000-something person difference between AEW and NXT. So my question to you is, of course, what do you think WWE, what do you think the feeling is in WWE right now as they see the ratings come out? And they're not getting clobbered, but they're not making any ground on NXT. Uh, I mean, I think they're not worried. Um, I think NXT knows this niche, uh, and um, you know the whole novelty of of AEW being new is eventually going to fizzle it out. Um, and you know, on, on on from the NXT aspect, they're still um, integrating new people, integrating the two hundred five live roster. Um, they're doing the different things that they need to do to build up their roster. But there's but so many different combinations of what AEW can do with their roster. Wow. We still haven't even seen some people on that. NXT yeah, where the hell is Sunny Kiss? Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, um, there's nothing to worry about. Those numbers are going to balance out at a point. Um, and even in, in worst case scenario, you know, if they if if there's really, really a desperate need, they can always go to uh, Operation A, which is bring somebody. Matter of fact, the draft, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, Finn Balor is a big name. Um, I do not expect that to be the last person to make a jump like that. Um, so you know, if, if there's truly any fear, they can always say, "Hey, let's really, let's really make some noise, and let's 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 bring Daniel Bryan uh, back to NXT." Or or um to NXT or let's bring you know somebody back down to NXT whoever it may be so um nah, there's no worry I, at least for me as a fan if I really cared about the numbers I I wouldn't worried about it you know, okay cool they they got me second round but it'll fizzle out right now I think that people are watching it because of the fact of like it's new it's it's mysterious what are they gonna do week two you know and um also. Uh, something else I know you you brought up before we started talking too. It's it's on TNT. It's on T. It was it was on TBS last night, which um, obviously the first week we were all watching it live, so we wasn't able to see that. I didn't see anything on social media saying it was that it was that on that. But I know last night when I was checking, I saw it was also on TBS as well too. So um, that's two. <laughs> that's kind of two ways to stumble upon a program, even if you wasn't looking for it. Um, and I, I, that works. Views is views. So, uh, you know, at some point, you know, uh, it, it, I think it's going to balance out. And hell, being on TNT, uh, it's not going to get easy when they when 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 the other sport programs start inter- interfering with it as well, too. But uh, you well, know, what, it, what, what other sports programs would interfere? I mean, I mean, as a staff from March Madness, which is you know more than a few months away, basketball. the basketball season is, is kind of. Is what it is. Uh, they do basketball on Tuesdays and Thursdays on TNT. 
Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's so that's, that's really not a problem there. And TNT doesn't air any other sports. And the yeah. other fall sports are well underway. Yeah, so we can't true. say that like, oh, well, we're going to blame this on Monday Night Football. Or we're going to blame this on, uh, you know, the NBA. Or we're going to blame this on hockey. Or we're going to blame this on playoff baseball. Uh, because realistically, you know, those things are well underway. Hell, NXT tried to, you know, do what they did. And they gave themselves a two-week head start for what it's worth. And then they've been on the decline since. So it's not like we can say of any one thing that's an excuse. Oh, it's a holiday. It's not. Oh, well, it's, it's football season. So what? Uh, and now AEW has come in. And for the second, second consecutive week, um, you know, kind of candidly uh, taking the night. And that's where, like, the thing is, it's not like this is a one-off, oh, it's new. It could have been new and failed. And we've seen how many times that you go, like, oh, well, I tried. And then you go back to doing something else. Um, and the trend on social media hasn't been, uh, well, I don't know why I'm watching this. Uh, I tried. You know, the, the trend has been, oh, I can't wait till next week. And personally, watching it, you know, on TV for the first time, I can't wait till next week. Uh, you know, the storylines are interesting. I really wanted to see where they go. There's a lot of uh, unchecked boxes, a lot of questions that need to be answered. So. Actually, I'm so interested in the storylines of NXT, of uh, AEW that I'm actually on Ticketmaster right now about to book that uh, full gear experience in Baltimore. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to comment about that. <laughs> I know how much you love Baltimore and the Royal Farms Arena. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we can just save that. But it's, not even that it's, it's not even that Royal Farms, is it? Oh, it certainly is. Only uh, the best Star, Star, Starcast isn't at Royal Farms. Well, Starcast is or like at the convention. It's, not, it's not at the convention. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Um, no, Starcast is Chicken Hut on um. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I mean, and again, there's nothing wrong with that because again, AW, which everyone's crowning them as the second, uh, is the number two company. Right, right. It's, it's whatever. Think what you want. But yes, the intrigue of what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, is and how they're going to prove themselves, how they're going to make a difference, how they're going to change the world. The mis- the, mis- the the mystique is there. I just no denying that. Um, I I want to see. You know, when it comes to uh, professional wrestling, I want to see everyone succeed. So there's there's really no picking sides here. And I know what NXT brings each week. Um, as far as production, um, and I'm still heavily invested in the new talent that they brought in, uh, seeing these people, seeing the combination of these people uh, work, seeing these people that we've seen in the indies actually get some television uh, publicity, uh, seeing how people have really, like, amped up their skills. So I kind of got a sense of what I'm going to get in NST. But AEW is just so, it's so new, um, and and and, and it, it's it's just, you know, uh, it's, it's just a lot of mystique behind it that that's what draws me in to say like this is why I want to watch uh, AEW. But other than that, I don't know. I mean, I don't say like I want to watch AEW because I want to see Jericho or definitely Jack Swagger. <laughs> but uh, it, it is curious to see like, hey, how how is it gonna play out? And I will I will say this too: AEW tag team division is 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 hella good. So you know if I if I can definitely tune in to see. Uh, matches uh, for the tournament for the inaugural tag team champions, and I'm all for that. But as far as everything else, it's still, it's still, 
it's still a learning curve for them. Um, and they they they're still trying to get in stride, and and there's and there's nothing wrong with that. So in 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 theory, ratings don't really mean anything to me right now. Um, you know, at the end of the well, day, yeah. I mean, I think in general, and that's and my point isn't isn't to bring up ratings as a barometer of success. Like, no, not at all, because it you know it, it is what it is. I'm just saying that there is a definite. Uh, this is the start, possibly, of a trend where in the first week, the numbers are what they are. The second week, the numbers are kind of the same, but less. The, the margin of victory for AEW is about the same, but just less numbers in general. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, as we settle into what we, uh, what we have, I think what, we, what we've been saying over the past few weeks about AEW and NXT is in that NXT decided to put on a takeover, like show, pull out all the stops that they could possibly that they could muster within reason to be NXT to be AEW and it didn't work. NXT legit put their level best on there without doing an absolute full-on takeover. They instead of like buying all the commercials and, and doing something unprecedented and crazy, they put on their the best show that they could and they got mollywopped. Well, you know, again, th- th- there's, there's, there's other implications here. So for me, now I realize today that on Wednesday, I kind of got to watch AEW because on Thursday, I can't find it on Hulu. I can't find it on whatever streaming service they have, or I don't have it, and I'm not seeking to find more streaming services than already the plethora that I have right now. So, Wednesday, AEW. Thursday, I get to watch the shorter version of of, uh, of NXT. Get it over with, nice and quick, and they highlight the big matches, and it is what it is. Uh, also, um, I, I think there. I forget what uh what uh what uh what was the um determination uh, from last time we talked. I think they're on the network as well too. So like I know I where I can find the WWE stuff, but for AEW, I only got that chance to watch it on TV. Period. So mm. that's that really plays a part as to what I'm going to watch. And the network's been around for a long time. So obviously people know how to navigate the network. The new update is awesome. The 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 the, uh, the um the app is on so many different platforms. Uh do we get app numbers? No. Do we get Hulu numbers? No. So if you're really talking about, you know, numbers versus numbers, how many streams did NXT get in combinations of live views on USA Network? Add those together against AEW. That's 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 the real competition, but also this is just how the world is right now. Streams and, and rewatches are are very important. I mean, hell, now most most, you know, uh premium channels when the show comes on that day at 12:01, you can watch it. You don't have to wait for the airtime 789 that ne- that next night. So, when you talk about viewerships of it actually coming on live versus the streams that people have been watching throughout the day, do they add all those together? No, they don't care. HBO don't care about that stuff. Stars don't care about that stuff. Views we can't talk about the same thing, though. I mean, we're talking about a live event versus um, just airing of a television show. Yeah, so but what, what HBO and Stars does is not the same thing. So, yeah, if, but, I mean, unless you're talking about HBO boxing. Yeah, yeah, then, well, yeah, that's different, too. But, I mean, but in a sense of competition, when you got two things that you want to watch at the same time, you know one you have to watch live because there's no other archive or stream of it somewhere after it goes off. So I know I got to watch AEW within that eight 
to 10 slot because that's our opportunity I got because it's not on Hulu. It's not on the AEW app or whatever it is, the Bleacher Report, which I'm not downloading or anything of that. So there is no way for me to watch it but to watch it live. But NXT, if I make NXT, no problem because I watch it tomorrow so, on Hulu. So do you think, you know, based on this logic, do you think that uh, NXT uh, is at a competitive disadvantage with, with AEW because people know that they can go and watch it later versus um, the ability yep. to watch it uh, later or, or on demand. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The reason I, why I bring that up in, in the ratings in general, because it doesn't matter to me per se or you, but it does matter to advertisers. So then we, that's how we start talking about, well, is this money-making uh, venture worth it? Uh, you know, that's how the board is going to measure the success of something is whether or not advertisers are willing to buy into a product and they're not going to buy into a product that people aren't watching because I can watch it on the app or I can watch it on demand later or whatever. So I think, but the only, in fairness, the only way to compare something in real time is when they air first. That's when you first hear about something. That's when you first, uh, you know, want to consume it. It's like binge watching with Netflix, except it's live. So I, I think it does matter, but I think the individual numbers aren't as important as the overall trend. And the trend is, NXT was supposed to be the spike show and just be the product, be awesome. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean the quality of the product isn't good. It is. Um, but as a job, as their job, as the function, as a, the show of spite, despite AEW, and in two consecutive weeks, they haven't really done that. That's where it's kind of like, hmm, interesting. And if you're NXT, in not necessarily in week three or four or six or 12. But like in five months, if they're still if they're consecutively beaten in ratings by 300,000 four hundred thousand people, well, that's not the same thing as two weeks. So it's kind of like, what do you do? You're not doing, you're, you're not functioning the way you're supposed to if you're I, not spiking AEW. Let me ask you, yeah, let me ask you a question. So the the, the ratings on live TV balances out, and AEW and NST putting out the same numbers. Now, what is NST's game? I mean, what is AEW's game plan? Because, yeah, the, the streaming aspect is absolutely a big factor here. Um, and the Hulu check has already been cashed. Um, the network subscriptions have already been done. Um, who knows if there's anything else? I know you know a lot about the um, about the international deals and so forth. Uh, but, I, again, I just, you know, as a matter of fact, well, AEW's both- having trouble overseas with, with their, with their, um, with their streaming or whatever it was. So, it, it, again, for me, it's just like if you're not watching it live, then you, no catching it. Well, well, no, it's not, it's not that there's no catching it because actually I have NXT on my TV right now that I record because YouTube TV has unlimited on, uh, unlimited DVR okay. uh, for a month and they have on demand as well. So, so that's, 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 a, that's a strategy thing, though, of course, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in because of this. I'm actually searching or shopping around for the best uh, you know, television experience over the Internet. I don't want a cable box. So mm-hmm. this is what I'm trying to do. But the, my point is about these numbers and the potential for a trend of, dare I say, AEW dominance. Because it's not really dominance. I mean, they're, they're beating them, but not by a lot. But... As, as we sit here on, on the cusp, the, you know, the question really becomes, and we don't because we don't know how, how much of a factor streaming comes into it. I know that you know that you specifically have the opportunity to do things, 
but, mm-hmm. but also people are cutting the cord. Yeah. So, yep. mm-hmm. so as much as you say, like, well, streaming is a thing and, and stuff like that, um, this, you know, other places don't have like personal DVRs and stuff like that. And people are cutting the court and, and binge watching stuff later and, mm-hmm. and all of these th- different things. So it's not the, the, the game, obviously, is shifting as far as TV in America goes. Well, and, that's, uh, and that was my point the entire time. That's exactly my point. Um, the, 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 the landscape of television. Watching television, the way you watch television, it's all different. So I NXT don't have nothing to worry about. But that's why I say, but the fairest way to compare apples to apples is to do it live. Yep. And they're showing yep. at the same time, especially since they're on at the same time. Yep, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Look, I want to, I want to, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, let's talk about SmackDown numbers, which I believe put out one point. I'm sorry. Raw Uh-oh. did 1.9. SmackDown did about double of that, right? Uh, right. SmackDown was like at a 3, 4, 3, 5. Right, right. So just to put icing on the cake for our months and months of discussion about the Fox deal, um, the numbers came in and the numbers delivered. It did exactly what it said it was going to do. Case closed. Right? Yes, with a but. Uh, okay. Yes, it did. it did. It was a boon for Fox, and yes, it was the biggest numbers that WWE had in a very long time. Uh, with that said, how much of that was for uh, the newness of it, as we talked about how new this new AEW uh, and this yeah. new version of NXT, well, this is this new version of SmackDown and Raw. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is you know kind of a thing. So, I don't have the numbers in front of me specifically, but the idea is why, you know, as far as Fox goes, and they, they try to turn it into a more mainstream product with uh, appealing to a little bit of everyone is there uh, a different audience, you know, different people, you know, live. It will be interesting to see how much of that changes and how Raw, uh, the company shifts away from Raw being the A-show yeah. to uh, Fox being the A-show. Yeah. I wonder if they will um, allow, like The Fiend, for example, I'm not saying that The Fiend would be on Fox. I know that they want him because he's a popular character. But also, that's a different audience. Uh, a lot more children are able to watch uh, you know, Fox versus pay TV. Um, it's not a given that everybody has cable. Again, people are cutting the cord. Mm-hmm. So, but, but almost everybody has a TV. And more than likely, you have a Fox station in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see how that affects uh, the product. Will they go with a more mainstream um, aspect of it? Will they go uh, with a more generic? With will they go with a more generic, uh, you know, format? So we'll we'll see. Uh, we will see. And then again, since the people on SmackDown that really aren't getting over, they really have no use for them. Will they just send them to Raw? Um, and and maybe Raw may turn into a more competitive show. Where these these are the characters that they couldn't make it to, you know, to Fox. You know, maybe there's room for them on Raw because that is a three hour show with more storylines and Paul Heyman at the helm. So I wonder if if, if these things kind of fall well, into place as far as storylines go in the future. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting uh, aspect that you know we talk a little bit more because um, you know I want to talk about the draft a little bit and I think that kind of correlates with what you're saying here but i want to ask you a little bit about smackdown um just from the first week numbers like i said numbers did the numbers celebrity guests 
um, Legends and stuff return. Obviously, The Rock is going to be a draw and all that other good stuff. But for you, if you have you seen it, or have you seen uh, uh, SmackDown? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> because at the time I didn't have a thing, but I did have fun. Now. <laughs> oh, you're right, 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 right. right. I didn't fact, have cable last Friday. I was t- but... Exactly. I was telling somebody that too. They was just like. I was like, you don't have cable? No problem. Antenna that, baby. You in there. Fox is on. It's an is a antenna network. But, okay, so you've seen it. It has the new look, the new aesthetics. Um, pyro, fire, smoke, all that other goop, hoopla. It's all there. But overall, as a presentation, um, it's, it's a combo question. Overall, from a wrestling presentation, how did you enjoy it? Overall, from a sports mecca, what did you think? Sports Mecca? Yes, from all of the... Ra- so, we know... We've seen how SmackDown looked the week before. So, sports entertainment, what I mean, as in wrestling. But Sports Mecca, with the razzle-dazzle that Fox clearly has an influence on. Um, so, overall, as a presentation, is that... Because, yeah, it's SmackDown. It's the first week. But if you didn't know any better, this was like Fox's version of WrestleMania. Because they, they brought everything... And for this, the all all roads led to last Friday from the advertisement, the commercials, all the press and media stuff they've been doing. That was a huge thing. And they did it at a red blue carpet, as they said, in um, L.A. So it, it, it was a yeah. big mini event for them. But with that being said, for all that that had encompassed, what did you think about it? Looking at it from both views? Well, I saw I saw I did see the blue carpet and I, and I saw all of that and. Uh, you know, that was interesting. I think as far as the presentation of the show, I do love the new set. Uh, I think it looks great. Um, I, you know, obviously, Pyro definitely adds an element to the presentation that's you know was sorely missed. And as far as the show goes, it was terrible. Okay. Um, you know, I, you know, obviously, Kofi beating, losing to Brock in, in five seconds. It's not that it hasn't happened before. Because Daniel Bryan lost in 10 seconds to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sheamus, I want to say, mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. So it's not that it hasn't happened before. It's just that this is the culmination. This is what we've been waiting for to build up to. I mean, nobody, Stevie Wonder could see that, uh, that Kobe was going to lose. Yeah. But damn, make it interesting. Mm-hmm. And they do this to bring out uh, Cain Velasquez. Now, to be fair, I don't know MMA from any, uh, any of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who Cain Velasquez is, and I don't know why I should care. Can I? So can when they bring out. Wait, hold on, hold on one second. So mm-hmm. when they bring out this dude with a dad bod that doesn't look particularly imposing, uh, you know, because he's standing next to Rey Mysterio, and everybody looks imposing standing next to Rey Mysterio. I was like the Big Show standing next to Rey Mysterio. So they bring him out, and they do a whole thing, and Brock's suddenly scared. I don't know why I should care about this. Mm-hmm. You know, so so and because the whole thing makes Kofi look like trash. And the bottom line is, is they have one cuckold angle uh, running with Rusev and and Bra- and um, uh, with uh, Brazos Lashley and Lana, and then they have the other cuck angle running with um, Canellis and Canellis and Rusev, and then they have the third cuck angle running with Kofi Brock and Cain Velasquez. <laughs> and it's a goddamn shame that. Kofi's on the outside watching all this go down. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what were you going to say? So, first of all, it's Michael Cole's job to be able to say who the person is. And Michael Cole, I really hate the fact of, like, is it him? 
Yes, and it's you know it doesn't even sell me because like you you don't you if you really want to be surprised it the, the the way how he pitches the angle of being surprised is just trash. But no, so we're talking Fox, um, and we know because Fox wants to really market their big stars. Brock is first of all two things I gotta say. That main event was sponsored by Saudi Arabia. They love two people, Brock Lesnar and Hulk Hogan, and. Believe it or not, <laughs> we know that there's a big influence and a paycheck that's already been cashed as to why Brock has to be a staple and within the title picture going into Saudi Arabia. So it is what it is. And they're always looking to bring back legends and other big stars to be a part of the show. So that's why Tyson Fury is there with um with uh, Braun Strowman. And then now you have Cain Velasquez versus Brock. But here's the thing that I like about it. Um, yeah, I, I get it. Fox is trying to really legitimize WWE as sports. They're athletes. I know there was a conversation about our wrestlers athletes back in the past. They're absolutely athletes in my heart. Um, and athletes play sports. And Fox is 100% leg- legitimizing how serious WWE is. The fakeness and all that should not ever be mentioned. That's why you see these real guys um, in other sports, cross sports, come over here and do their thing. So I think it helps for viewerships, and, um, and I think it works for storyline. So the history of Cain Velasquez, as Michael Cole said, was Cain Velasquez is the one to have beaten Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is in peak UFC condition right now, if you ask me. But Cain has always looked like that. Uh, the dude is a cardio feat freak and um he's definitely a force to be reckoned with so when you consider the storyline of brock washing everybody that he's ever come into contact with um legit the only person that's really watched brock like that was Cain velasquez in ufc so you know there's a pitch there between the two of them that's going to really bring some eyes into the sports but not only just that um i'm not going to let people disrespect uh kane because kane's been kane has trained in the performance center um he's an athlete nonetheless He's worked. Uh, he's worked AAA on their biggest show, uh, so he he's done he's done his time working in uh, in different markets, and so he he and he has a wrestling background um, as much as he is a brawler. So the guy's legit, despite how he looks, despite of people not knowing. So uh, for anybody listening, like give this give this storyline just a little bit of uh, of a chance because obviously like i said it's, it's sponsored by saudi arabia they wanted a big name versus brock obviously they, they get that but also too it's marketable because you get to talk about the whole aspect of the two of them working each other in the ufc um ufc is all for because ufc lacks stars so the fact that you're able to mention the ufc puts eyes on the ufc but also these stars that have always been stars. Um, you, you you get to use the, the UFC storylines, put eyes on WWE, put eyes on UFC, and it just everyone's happy on that note. Um, and, and sure, the Kofi thing, the underdog thing, you make the most brilliant point of it all. It's happened to Daniel Bryan, and we know that WWE loves the underdog story. I expect more things to come from Kofi Kingston. I wouldn't be surprised if Kofi Kingston was in the universal title picture at some point. So you just, you just never know. Like it, it is what it is. We know how wrestling works. The bad the bad guy wins, the good guy chases, and eventually overcomes. It's 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 all no. superhero theory. Um, the thing is, I don't I don't think so. I think that Kofi is on is in the Jinder Mahal category where yeah. he's he's like in the VIP section of catering. Where you just go, 
No, nah, he was once. No, nah, the, the, the New Day. I, I don't see Kofi having a main event run in this way again. I, I, you know, and if it isn't, it it, it isn't. But I, I do a run is a is a is, is one thing. But for him to still be in the picture, I I think we'll see. We'll definitely see again every year. Whenever they get around the Saudi Arabia picture of uh, the greatest Royal Rumble, whatever they call it, Superstar Showdown, the storylines on TV don't mean anything. So it just really works out perfect for them because it's just like the the SmackDown thing. Obviously, Fox had a lot of influence on what was happening. And the Saudi Arabia obviously has the ultimate influence on what happened. So let's not really invest too much into October right now until all this is all said and done because we know this is just... In other words, all the things that's happening now isn't really canon. <laughs> like it's right. it's really it's really sponsored by other stuff. So, um, but, but do you think that's problematic that you could throw an entire month in the trash. No, because we've also said in the past that if there was an opportunity for them to take a break, then they should. And this is the break right here. This is absolutely the break. Um, so I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. Um, and. And well, I'm not mad at it because NXT and AEW is really where the action is. Um, whether it's, hell, even uh, AEW Dark, uh, uh, just after a new NWA Power, mm-hmm. is, is more interesting than anything that happened on Monday and Friday night. Especially after Hell in a Cell, which yeah. is a different set of evil. Yeah, and let's just, let's, just, let's just move forward to that right now. So, SmackDown, it is what it is. That's my thoughts on it. Hell in a Cell, there's nothing to talk about there for me. Um, so, for everybody that's listening, let's just, let's just let this whole month of October for WWE main roster stuff, let's just, it, it, it's, it's not canon. <laughs> it, is, it is clearly sponsored by mega moguls in the Fox industry and Saudi Arabia and they're getting their wishes right now. That's all that is. And the draft, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll quickly talk about that at the end. But the draft, I believe, will be will be the beginning of things that we can start to reinvest ourselves into as wrestling fans. But yeah, NWA Power um, and AEW Dark. <laughs> First of all, AEW Dark is interesting because I was wondering how they were going to continue to feed their social media with content. Um, so obviously. One match before the start of the show, three matches after the conclusion of the show, is a combination of four matches that they're able to put onto the YouTube channel. Um, okay. Right. <laughs> um, that's all I can say because I, from from week one of the dark matches, uh, two out of the two out of the four was even worth mentioning. Um, apparently this week they got Joy Janela versus uh. Kenny Omega for 30 minutes. So I just think that from the first week, they realized that the fa- the fans in the crowd wasn't overly invested into it. So now I think they're really going to start maybe ramping up these dark matches and really making them be like, I'm not going to say dream matches, but really start making them like matches that people really want to see instead of a combination of saying, well, this, they didn't do anything today, them versus them. Because that's what the first week felt like to me. Um right. Um, and, and I told somebody the other day, I said, uh, seeing Orange Cassidy in the manager role was uh, absolutely sickening to me. <laughs> it just does not work for the man's gimmick at all. Uh, but, you know, and again, if those dark matches were even noteworthy, then people would have been talking about them. But you notice how you get Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela this week and everyone's talking about it. So man, I'm sure they're, they're caught. I think 
AEW knows how to run social media. So YouTube is their bread and butter. They're going to know how to make that make that happen and make that meaningful. So AEW uh, Dark, we'll see. I, I think I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised by it. But the biggest thing to talk about, unless you got something to talk about with that, is NWA Power. I'm going to let you immediately tell me or give me your, your thoughts about that. Um, okay, so the great thing about NWA Power is it looks like you know, like you've gone back in time, you know, 40 years to uh, the late 70s, early 80s territories. And it's and this is and this is the thing. And this is exactly what I, I said, you know, about a year ago when we first heard about SmackDown moving to Fox is that or the brand split is that we don't necessarily need uh, something brand new. We just need something different. And if you want to watch. Uh, you know, a better version of the WWE main roster, better in my opinion, then maybe watch AEW. If you want to watch, you know, a better wrestling show, then probably watch NXT. And then that has nothing to do with the New Japan stuff that happens. And it's nothing to do with MLW that happens. And then if you want to watch this nostalgia feeling uh, show of a pretty decent wrestling um, with some with some notable names. Then NWA Power is, is where you should go. It's 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 mind boggling, you know how much different wrestling there is, and and the reason why it's it's different, it makes it memorable, and it makes you interested. Uh, whereas we literally talked about how we could throw in the entire month of October in the trash, and we're already a week in for the <laughs> WWE main roster. But then on NXT and AEW, we're comparing the minute to minute match lineups. And then for NWA Power, we're talking about like, oh, that's Tim Storm. That's yeah, that's that's Nick Aldis. And like, okay, this is this is kind of cool to see what this looks like in, in high definition. So I really, really, really was impressed by it. It's a good little setup. It, it's so simple, but it doesn't really have to be uh, this big grand thing or this indie uh, scene look that the all the other indies that broadcast on Twitch uh, has. So. Mm. It's you know, it, it's 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 very different. It really, really, really stands out, and I'm really glad that it's it's the thing, and I hope much success uh, a- to, to Billy Corbin and the boys. Amen, brother. Amen. I will say that NWA Power is a clear distinguish of what type of wrestling fan you are, or why did you get into watching wrestling, or. You know, potentially when you were young and not ever really to dissect what was happening on TV, but yet you know that look because you were sitting next to, you know, someone else in your family and you was just like, oh, this is cool, although I don't understand. It is nostalgia galore and I love it. It is hot in Atlanta right now because I love it for every single reason that you said. The, the whole territory looks, the style commentary. Oh, God, even the intros was amazing because I was just like, wow. Like, they're nailing it on all corners. Um, and even still, when you got somebody like Nick Aldis, who you know he can adapt. Uh, well, not just, not adapt, because he's been living this uh, in W. He's been part of the resurgence of NWA for a while. But uh, when you bring yeah. in other people like, um, oh, God, his name just slipped out of my head. Uh, homicide and, uh, uh, God, I can't think of his name. Just slipped out of my head real quick. Um but when you bring in other people like that who are new, who's been working indies, who got this really edgy style of wrestling uh, right now, but when you're able to take somebody like that and then put them on that set, where, where you know 
of what they've been watching their whole time and they're able to just cultivate it, I can't even imagine how many people are going to say, yo, I have got to live in my dream. Because when you said you wanted to be a wrestler back in the day, that's what they saw. That's what we saw. And to see that now, presently, with everything that's happening right now, and that the fact that they realize that they can stick to the norms and put out something like that, it's amazing. The set, the audience and everything, I man, I'm telling you, that's on my things to-do list. That's on my things to-do list 100%. So yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm loving it, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like as it all comes back into the fold, everything comes back in, uh, whether it's NWA Power on Tuesdays at 6, and then AEW Dark on Tuesdays at 7. It, it, it's, it's a digestible, uh, you know, Eddie program. Kingston, Eddie Kingston, okay. It's a yeah, digestible program that is, you know, you don't have to think too much of it. It is what it is. It's just something that's different. And then, of course, the big shows on Wednesday. Uh, and then, you know, Thursday, you may have a little bit of a breather. And then Friday is, you know, Impact. And I guess SmackDown, too. But um, Impact's on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but still, but like there's so, you know, much stuff where you go, you know, between, you know, Impact and AEW Dark and Power and, and, and the other shows and everything else. It's like. There's a lot of good production going on, uh, with some, actually with some pretty decent wrestling as well. And you, you it's what a time to be alive. Absolutely, you know? dude. What, Absolutely. What, a, what a time. Absolutely, and I, 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 I just can't. I can't even like. You know, for all the people that's like, oh, I don't like all this flippy stuff. Maybe don't like all this high quality promotion and all this other stuff. There's no excuse now for you not to have some bit of wrestling that you like. I mean, it's just on all corners, there's literally something, something somehow in some way for you to find what you like, <laughs> period. Uh, it's a really exciting time. NWA Power, I, yeah, the Corgan yeah. and the boys, they're, they're, they're doing it, and it's exciting. Um, yeah, definitely check them out on their YouTube channel, but, you know, they're, it's, it's actually pretty damn good, and... You know, nothing that you haven't seen before, but definitely something that you haven't seen in 30 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one other quick thing. We talked about power. We talked about that. This is uh, the draft really, really quick, just in case you got anything you want to add. Um, the draft is happening, uh, I think, starting tomorrow and then obviously it goes into Raw on Monday. What needs to happen here? We, we talked a lot about the draft last year. And moving pieces, that should work. But everything's changed now. <laughs> so, I mean, NST is a legit third brand. Uh, and even WWE apparently put out uh, a list of eligible people. Yes, yeah, so uh, apparently a, they were doing a, like a preliminary a draft. draft pool. Yeah, they were doing like a mock draft or something like that. And they have a preliminary draft pool. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a big uh, um, press conference tomorrow at, I want to say, 3 p.m. from mm-hmm. Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, involving shenanigans. Yep. So, yeah, you know, that's a thing. Um, as far as the draft goes, you know, this will obviously set up how the rosters are going to be. Uh, if we're talking sports-based things, it's no different than what we've said in the past. Will yep. there be trades? Uh, will there be actual draft picks? How will they go about picking things? You know, is, is it going to be, you know, how will we go about, you know, choosing the lineups? You know, are our tag teams going to be broken up? They've obviously picked, uh, have their commentary teams, so... Well, that, you know, obviously the commentators aren't up for, for grabs and stuff. Uh, you know, which champions uh, will have, I think, 
should this be a this would be a good time to combine like the tag team uh, women's tag team belts, for example. They know damn well that they don't need two of them. So why not, you know, get rid of them uh, and unify them? So I mean, th- th- these are questions. These are definite questions that, there, that I have. There's one set of tag team belts. You mean there's one? There should only be one women's championship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go continue. Um. Yeah. So I mean, th- so these are things, and it's like maybe that maybe that's the thing. Maybe maybe all champion belts should be uh, unified, and then. Uh, the champion crosses promotion because he's a champion and it's a universe. Why would you only be confined to one section of the universe? So, I mean, these are things that, that could make things different. And if we're talking uh, an actual true brand split, then what will SmackDown be from now on? Obviously, it seems they seem to be going in the more mainstream direction. Then where does that leave Raw? Uh, guys like Finn Balor are, you know, and those characters, those character driven characters are. You know, are leaving and going to NXT. Um, will the Street Profits ever, you know, be called up? <laughs> uh, these are questions. Yeah, these are questions. And you know what? It, you know what? It, it's, it's, it's interesting because I'm not even going to sit here and say where somebody should go. This is the opportunity to legitimize this draft. Like right. you said, we've been talking about before. Um, you have spots. You have, excuse me. You have Fox now. You have the talk show now. You have real analysts involved in this now. You have two major networks, and they're apparently their executives are going to be a part of this. Legitimize this. Do not. Uh, I think the draft should be hosted by Kurt Menefee. Um, I mean, they should have like a pre-draft show on Fox Sports One. Uh, you know, with you know, with uh, you know, so Ken Shamrock and. And you know Sam Roberts or whoever the hell. I mean, like the, the absolutely go, just go all out and make this a legitimate thing. Yeah, and, and apparently they're going to have a pre-show on SmackDown or uh, before SmackDown. So yeah, this is this is the time to do it. You made the Brock and Cain Velasquez moves. You brought in Tyson Fury, so you you understand that there's athletes there. You got the big names there. You guys know how to run sports. Do it. This is the time. Every there's no reason this should be conducted like the previous years, um, very WWE-ish when everyone has a draft. Every sports have a draft. And and if you have no idea how to model your draft, it's easy <laughs> because they're everywhere. Make it entertaining, make it fun, um, and, 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 and make it make sense. You know, like talk about talk about why the draft was made. Have the people up there. Hell, have somebody, you know, one of the one of the kids and the foundations. Have one of them bring in or turn in a car. Legit do it. Let's 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 legit make this a fun thing. Um, so when it, they had the draft last time, uh they had a draft, uh like a sports center like draft war room on WWE network that was simulcasting with Raw. That's kind of what I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. To have like an analysis show while the SmackDown is happening, because it's not just going to be a draft uh, doing a thing. But you know what? Bring up a ticker. Uh, you know, I did. I want to see like who was picked uh, early in the show at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. I want to see if a trade was made at the bottom of the screen. You know, stuff like that. Will there be an actual authority figure on each show? Like, will we do we expect Bischoff to come out and say represent SmackDown, and have mm-hmm. Paul Heyman come out and represent Raw? Uh, you know, who knows? But I really, really want um, 
you know, I really want McMahon there. I want McMahon to kind of oversee the thing and just be like. Also, want yeah. him to get booed. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, yeah. But I kind of want him to oversee the thing yeah. and allow, um, and, and allow the uh, you know the, the things like this to happen, where you know Bischoff kind of whispers in McMahon's ear, and he goes up and says, "With the first pick, SmackDown selects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss, and everybody loses their mind." Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, legitimize the draft. Every other sport has it. You know, why not do it? But also, no matter what happens in the draft, don't have Roman Reigns on every show afterwards. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what, Jamal? Let me tell you something. If they do not do the draft like this tomorrow, I'm going to be upset because they did, the, they did the combine in NXT. Now, that's a lot of watching. It is about 10 hours of watching. But I will be lying if I told you I didn't watch it all because it was amazing. Because I like the NFL draft. I like to know who's the fastest, who had the highest vertical, um, and, and, and all that good stuff. So to watch these athletes and stuff that we've seen all over, you know, Russell, and we can say, well, you know, Matt Riddle's one of the best wrestlers that we've seen. But is he the strongest? Is he the fastest? You know, does he run the ropes with the most velocity? To be able to get that to get that idea of who some of these athletes truly are, world-renowned athletes truly are, and then see behind the scenes in the combine and such, it was amazing. It was so entertaining, and it kept me grounded through the weekend that I was able to watch all 10 hours of it. It was two days, legit how NFL, dra- uh, NFL combines do. If they can do that on the network, for whatever reason, and they even got you know real scouts there or, or people who were real scouts um, in the past. So they got people and, and people who've trained uh, people in other sports and so forth. If they can do that on the network, they damn sure can do a legit draft on Fox and on USA Honestly, Network. This really should have been draft week on the WWE Network, <laughs> where they had they spotlighted uh, you know people and. And stuff. Maybe you know. Maybe obviously the people that you know. But what about the people that you don't know? Mm-hmm. And have Booker T and Renee Young. Obviously, they're going to do a show in November. But have them out there with some other guests and, and say like, well, why should we pick Kofi Kingston? He could be Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, and he lost in nine seconds. Does that hurt his draft value? Uh, there, there are some storyline based, you know, realism that would affect uh, how a person performs. We've seen people in other sports be high in the draft, first, second, third pick, and then tweak their ankle and then slip to the 25th or mm-hmm. not pass the, uh, that test that the NFL makes you take mm-hmm. and slip. Mm-hmm. I mean, draft stock, it happens. It, it, it's mm-hmm. a thing. So mm-hmm. this would be a time to kind of not necessarily pull back the curtain and expose the business at all, but actually legitimize it so that you do have a question, which is one thing I think AEW did well. Mm-hmm. I came on commentary. And he was like, "Why am I not in this match? I deserve it because my record says this." Right, and you know what? You know what? Too Kofi Kingston just got squashed in the first week. People who may not know who Kofi Kingston is, Kofi Kingston next week or tomorrow gets drafted number three. Why what? would I take Kofi Kingston? He just got I squashed. I don't even know who this guy is. And they don't. And, but then that they're not getting the whole buildup for that story when he won the championship. Of this is the biggest thing he's done in eleven years. Or whatever the story that they were building uh, as a precursor to his title uh, match. But yeah, they talked about him being a world champion, uh, people he's faced, you know, intercontinental champion, a multiple time um, tag team champion. Cool. But also, he 
he's also this age. He's never really sustained a long time off from injuries and so forth. Um, he does this in the community, whatever it may be. Like, stuff like that, it sounds like it's silly, but that's what draft people do. When you talk about why you take a, a, a person, and this is easy things that they can easily do. I, I, I know I'm getting my excitement out, but... I mean, it, it's easy, and it doesn't involve, like, a lot of production, because they have all the information themselves. Exactly. That's exactly just my point. Tell the story. <laughs> I mean, they don't have to fly down to God only knows where Louisiana and shoot you know video of their kids. They have the stories already. <laughs> yeah. so just make me care about these people. And they can do that for the entire roster, which is, like, 90 people. Yeah, yeah. So, right. I mean, yeah, they, they they had it, and 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 unless they did something this week, then I feel kind of stupid for saying this. But they haven't really highlighted the draft, and that this is a like ground landscape shifting shifting um, moment of the year, where everything that you thought you saw this year will certainly change as the draft is now upon us, and that's that's what it is for in the off season. Who's making moves in free agency? What will the draft look like? Do we have lottery picks? Uh, you know, what about that that person that we traded for two draft picks this season? So we've got to come back next year with more picks. Obviously, they're trading between Raw and SmackDown, so that's not a thing that's going to happen. But the idea is still legitimize the event. And the yep. other thing they've worked yet is a pick to open the show, uh, a ten minute match with a commercial break, mm-hmm. two more picks, mm-hmm. two more matches. We're mm-hmm. probably going to matches. And fifty picks, and, and, mm-hmm. and ten picks, and and then we're going to get a follow the rest of the network. Yeah, Monday. Yep, yep. I'm excited for it. If it's anything that we're talking about, even half of this. I mean, Booker T gets it because I remember Booker T last year sold me a dream of all the things that could happen, and none of it, and none of it manifested. And I was like, God damn, I hate this. So. Um, but yeah, we're, we're we're really coming up uh, on our on our time. Is there anything else we need to cover really quick as well? The very last thing we can be out of here. Um, and we talk about excitement levels. AEW, uh, Kenny Omega has said in per, in public that he wants to get a video game done. Yep, yep. And the company that he wants to work with were the developers for one of the greatest wrestling games of all time. Um, hell, fuck it. It's still the greatest wrestling game of all time. And that would be WWF No Mercy. Yep. So, I saw it. I believe it to happen. Um, we're seeing, uh, for me, I'm seeing a lot of these games that's running in 32-bit or even smaller 16-bit games uh, being put into Steam and all other different pl- types of platforms and are running now. I think it's going to happen, dude. I, I would be down. For a No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000, uh, WCW versus NWO Revenge-like game featuring AEW uh, uh, stars. Yeah. That that is big thing. Also, too, while I'm thinking about it, too, definitely uh, also on the YouTube channel, um, interviews from the AEW AEW, uh, team that was uh, AEW roster who... uh, who represented AW at the TNT press room in New York Comic Con? There's interviews there with Moxley, Jericho, Nala Rose, Jungle Boy, uh, Brandy, and um, also kind of on the YouTube channel, on our YouTube channel. So definitely want to check that out there. 
and as I asked them some questions about things involving AWTNT and other things with them as far as their planning in the future and so forth. Really good stuff. So you definitely want to check that out as well. Uh, but I, as much as this show was fun tonight, I really can't wait to talk next week because I feel like I'm going to be listening back to this last like 20 minutes of all this excitement I had to be so disappointed come next Thursday yeah. about how the draft um, just was this shit. You know what I mean? And some just really irrational things happening uh, next next week that, you know, that just doesn't make sense. But hopefully, it, it, I hopefully you know, they do do something special, but I guess it's only time will tell. It's the only time will tell. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's literally tomorrow night in 24 hours from right now, we will have started the draft, and for better or worse, it will be underway. And, you know, well, sure. Whatever <laughs> it is is whatever it's going to be. That's right. That's right. Um, so we're done here for yep. me and Jamal. I got to touch on Damien. Uh, he has some things going on. Uh, he says he wants to add in a couple of thoughts uh, about our topics for the night. So uh, stay tuned after the conclusion of this show where I will be adding um, um, a, an extension to the show where you get to hear some of his thoughts on the, uh, the topics we talked about uh, for tonight. But for us, as far as us talking right now in this show, uh, that's it. We'll catch you on Thursday, and um, again, it's 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 uh it's it's <laughs> it's a good time of wrestling for sure, and I've enjoyed it. But uh, we'll see how this trap stuff is shaking up. But we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Connect with us on all of our platforms, bgbgroup.tumblr.com, at bgbgroup on Twitter, and facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. Everybody, Damien Salty G here. Thank you to Big Gold Belt for allowing me a couple of minutes post-show to get my points across. Sorry I couldn't be there today. Real life has taken over, and uh, happy Mental Health Awareness Day. Uh, for those who can find me, DamonG347 on Twitter and Coach DamonG on Instagram. So I'm going to go in any particular order uh, based on our show sheet today. So the ratings between AEW and NXT from last night, which I'm not really surprised by the actual numbers themselves, seeing that TNT pulled about a one point, what, 1.1 million almost when you combine the true TV ratings. Uh, when the overflow on TBS, which is is not bad. And then you have NXT going down to 790,000 viewers from 891 the previous week. So all in all, after two weeks of this supposed war, I don't, and I said this last week, I don't really see any headway really being made until about six weeks in where AEW can kind of get the ball rolling a little bit more on their production side, who they push on TV versus who they don't push on TV. NXT is an established WWE alternative. A lot of these people have not been seen by the non-network-having universe. A lot of these people on NXT have been pretty much featured on the independent circuit prior to getting to NXT, so... I think the key here for NXT is to continuously remind people, maybe not beat them over the head with it, that 
NXT is a WWE performance center type atmosphere. Maybe they have to move it on a full sale to justify putting it on the USA network. Some people have suggested maybe NXT would be better suited for Twitter as or Twitch as a streaming service. I wouldn't go that far. I think it's USA. You don't have established stars like Raw or SmackDown to be able to pull a three or four million. To be frank, Raw hasn't pulled that kind of stuff in a while either. So I, I think closer to one million on NXT as people get more acclimated with the Matt Riddles, Adam Coles, Velveteen Dreams, once Finn Balor's back wrestling, when you see established WWE stars, and I honestly think sending KO down would have been great, or Cesaro back down would actually help them a little bit more with to go with Brazongo and the aforementioned Finn Balor. I think that would help. I even think sending Shinsuke Nakamura down there would actually help as well, but that's a personal hope of mine. But in terms of AEW, some people would counter saying, hey, it's the same thing. These are people that were featured on the indies. Not necessarily. Look at the main event angle right now. You have the elite getting involved with Jericho's inner circle, which only features, what, three independent stars, two of which were featured heavily on Impact for over two years, and one in Sammy Guevara who was building a lot of headway and got over pretty much like a Zack Ryder method of doing it through his vlog on YouTube and his streaming vlog. So I think a lot of that has to do with AEW is the new thing, it's the new toy, it's the new optional alternative. I like it. I like the wrestling aspect. I might actually like NWA a little bit better, and I won't really delve into NWA, which I did watch. It gave me a lot of WCW Saturday Night vibes or WCW Worldwide, if you remember that, or even Shotgun Saturday Night where they did it in bars <laughs> or WWE New York back in the day when I was a little younger. But I think I think five weeks is a good enough time for us to make a better kind of prognosis or, or prognostication as to whether or not NXT is really in trouble. Now, I, I was reading an article by David Bixman, and shout out to Bix for being one of, on Deadspin, for being a really good journalist, despite what people may think about his writing style. Uh, really good journalist. And he thinks that NXT has an age problem, that they're not connecting with the younger audience because AEW is the hip, countercultural kind of ECW alternative that I had growing up and maybe instead of looking at it as a WCW alternative look at it more as an uh, ECW alternative I'm not saying Bix wrote this go check it out on Deadspin David Bixman does good work uh, how WWE's NXT might have a, an age bracket problem so that's something for you all to check out but while on the topic of WWE I want to tackle Smackdown really fast the premiere episode of SmackDown that I used to get on Raw about being too soap opera-y, too, too much Days of Our Lives mixed in with wrestling because all the, all the angles, and especially now with Lashley and Lana and The Fiend, and, and I'll get to The Fiend in a second, and Seth, before it was Becky and Seth's romance taking center stage for a main event angle. But the booking of SmackDown and who 
kind of goes where in the draft or my own expectations and thoughts. SmackDown is going to be the sports version with a superstar Hollywood, I want to say, makeover. So you can expect some of the biggest crossover appeal stars to kind of wind up being on SmackDown because Fox wants that draw, especially with the MMA. USA doesn't have an MMA programming. FS1 does have MMA programming. ESPN does as well, but WWE is not on ESPN. I think the booking of the first show, I get why people were mad about Kofi jobbing in about seven seconds or putting Brock back over in seven seconds. This all comes down to two things. It's probably been said ad nauseum. I'll just reiterate those, those points. Brock is a draw. We as wrestling fans may not like Brock Lesnar, but the general sports fan, as evidenced by all the publicity that WWE superstars were doing on the various Fox networks during NFL games and in general, he's a bigger draw to get the audience tuning in. I love Kofi's rise. I love Kofi's reign. I think it's been one of the most underrated reigns that people aren't giving enough credit for. But I hearken back to before the match even happened. If you went back to Beast from the East when Brock wrestled Kofi at a Japan house show on the network over a year ago, maybe two years ago, he squashed him. He squashed the New Day. So in the span of two years, we're supposed to believe if I'm going to kind of check my realism at the door, that a trained UFC monster isn't going to destroy Kofi Kingston two years later than what they did at that glorified house show at Beast from the East or Beast in the East on the network. So I'm not shocked that Kofi dropped the title. A lot of people didn't just like the fact that he dropped it in seven seconds. I would have liked to have seen Kofi hit a trouble in paradise or two of them. Give him the same Seth Rollins rub where finish after finish after finish. And you still, and I'll get to the finish after finish stuff and you still can't drop the beast. And then the F5 is one of the most protected, except with Seth Rollins, apparently finishers over the last year or last three years or so. I remember they dropped, who was it? Samoa Joe at great balls of fire after Joe took it to, Took it to Brock, and then he dropped him with one F5. So the F5 is pretty protected. So Brock being about almost 300 pounds, Kofi being 210, 215 on a good day, you don't expect... And it, yes, the F5 is not as debilitating as it's made out to be in real life. But then again, what wrestling moves are. But the shock and awe of it all was the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania with Sheamus... Shock and awe. And then you have Cain Velasquez backing up Rey Mysterio to continue that whole thing from the Monday Night Raw previously when Rey and Dom got dropped by Brock. All this was to set up WWE Crown Jewel. They sacrificed Kofi Kingston's reign to set up a super fight at Crown Jewel. And also because Fox probably wanted a bigger name. So I fully expect Roman Reigns to stay on SmackDown if we're going to stay on who say on who's going to be on SmackDown going forward since the wildcard rule is going to go away. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think Sasha's a great addition to SmackDown. 
if you're not going to bring Becky over or you're going to have Charlotte or Sasha or Becky, I don't think you have all of them. I think you trade, if you do the draft, you put Bailey on Raw, if you're doing a full horseman thing, you keep you keep Charlotte on SmackDown, Becky on Raw, unless they drop the titles eventually. Sasha goes to SmackDown. I think Sasha is fresh. I think she has crossover appeal. I honestly think she has a little bit more crossover appeal than Becky and Charlotte, but that's just me. Roman stays. Charlotte, she stays because she has the championship, but if she dropped it to Sasha, I could see her going over to Raw. But other than that, Braun Strowman maybe could go over to SmackDown because he has a superstar thing with Tyson Fury, which is problematic in and of itself. But those are my, I think the New Day should stay on SmackDown, but I wouldn't be surprised if they both, all three of them go over to Raw. They split up the New Day and have Kofi be a New Day representative on Raw to chase after the Universal title. Eventually, I would like to see that. I would actually like to see Kofi beat The Fiend for the title one day, but The Fiend doesn't even need the title. So we can go there too. The Fiend and Seth Rollins. And for those just tuning in, thank you for tuning in. This is an addendum or an add-on to the Big Go Belt podcast with Damian Salty G. Thanks to the guys for letting me chime in on here. Damian G347 on social media. In regards to the main event of Hell in the Cell, I have to admit for myself, I saw the show. I thought it was a really solid show. I enjoyed the the Becky versus Sasha match. I thought that was, in my opinion, that was the best match on the card. I thought the Tornado tag with Roman and Daniel versus the Bludgeon Brothers or Rowan and Harper, however you want to say it, I thought that was a good match too. So I thought it was a decent card. Toward the middle of the show, I kind of felt like I was watching a Monday Night Raw. That's how I felt. I felt as if I was watching a, Extended episode of Raw. But The Fiend versus Seth. Now, I know people have stated, and and will correct me if I'm wrong, on the DMs or on social media, where The Fiend doesn't need the title. I believe that's something you have said in the past. Where he could be the new age mankind hybrid, mankind cane hybrid with with Undertaker. And he doesn't need the title reign, which is great. Because if you put the belt on The Fiend, it's going to take more than a Herculean effort. It's going to take the man without fear, let alone Daredevil, to get the belt off The Fiend eventually. But to be quite frank, the match was dreadful. Uh, Hell in the Cell should be a main event, but I think the women's match would have been better being the only Hell in a Cell match. I thought The Cell didn't really help the match with The Fiend and with Rollins. I thought the stoppage was corny AF. I I just didn't agree with it. I didn't like it. I'm thinking you have made the fiend indestructible. And then two minutes later, have him no sell the chair shot to the face, buried underneath or the sledgehammer shot to the face, buried under the chairs. For what? And then for him to choke out Seth with the mandible claw. I, I understand why the crowd was chanting bullshit. I get it. I didn't like it. I thought the red, oh, the red hue, don't even get me started on the red hue. I mean, TLC's red light special ain't got nothing on this one, man. It was ridiculous. How many people, aside from Sin Cara, do you know that use so much hue color for their match? And I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, but Kane used to use red. 
not during his entire match. I thought it took away from the match. I thought the aesthetic was nice to set up, but I thought eventually they could have killed the lights and the red lights and just made it a regular lighted match, but I know they wanted to go for atmospheric whatnot, but it didn't click for me at all. Match didn't click. I didn't like it. I don't think, also I'm in agreement with, if it's Will or someone else, that The Fiend doesn't need the title, but I wouldn't mind seeing Kofi Kingston eventually claim it, even if he's a transitional champ. Claim it off of him by showing no fear because he's Kofi. No fear. He, he went up against the Beast. He's gone up against the best of WWE of the last year. And he's come out on the other side looking like a million bucks. So I'm all for Kofi being the one to eventually take it from The Fiend, even if it's on a transitional level. I don't think Rollins... I think Rollins needs a break. I think Rollins needs to take the, the route of AJ Styles where he was in the main event scene for so long, but then they, re or John Cena, where they revitalized the mid-card. And then we can bring back the open challenges. That'd be great. A mid-card open challenge. Just think of a, of a U.S. title feud with Seth and AJ, or even Seth and Shinsuke for the Intercontinental title. I wouldn't be surprised if Seth gets moved to wherever Becky is because they're engaged to be married. So I know WWE doesn't really like to break up couples anymore. But that's my feelings on the match. I thought The Fiend is still... I don't think the mystique is gone. I think, honestly, corniness notwithstanding, The Fiend was able to portray a, a modern-day Undertaker-Mankind-Kane hybrid. And I think that's exactly where they're going with, with better mic skills, with Bray Wyatt. So shout-out to Bray Wyatt for, man, three times, two times reinventing himself you know, from the Husky-Harris debacle. To now, if only if only Curtis Axel could have done that, you know, if only Curtis Axel had a modicum of the charisma that Bray Wyatt has, I, I feel as if that would be another beneficial person. Maybe he could go down to NXT with Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas would benefit from going down to NXT now that I think about it. He can be uh, Mr. NXT, Elias can be Mr. El Vagabondo, which I think was great when they did that whole gimmick and spiel. Uh, but I want to end here with my little snippet to Big Gold Belt with something that's really close to my heart because it's a promotion that's based out of Queens, New York, and I started going there, Ridgewood, Brooklyn, Queens, the whole midpoint. The shows are in Queens for the most part. House of Glory in the news for being owned and purchased by one masterpiece of the old school, no limit entertainment, make them say, oh, the tank, the chain, and everything. I'm all for promotions that get more financial backing. I'm all for promotions that ha don't have to scrunch up for sponsorship. Do I think it's good for wrestling as a whole where millionaires reinvest in promotions and kind of let the wrestling people run it Billy Corgan, good job so far in it, or NWA. Appreciate that. Again, it was a good show. Go check it on YouTube. Uh, NWA, just even, even the interviews felt very territorial days. And someone who's my age, almost 40, can appreciate that. But it introduced a lot of younger fans to what the NWA could be. So it's almost like a blending of the two. But going back to HOG House of Glory, for those that don't know based out of Ridgewood, Queens, the school, and performed out in Queens, New York, and Missouri, in Jamaica. I like the thought of Master P buying into House of Glory. 
I feel more sports aficionado fans who have money, who love pro wrestling, should invest in independent promotions. Because you have so many... And I've gone on record talking about Battle Club Pro. That's my number one. That's my heart. That's my, that's my family. There is enough wrestling to go around in the Northeast. You got things like Beyond, BCW, Battle Club, HOG, What Wrestling, uh, NEC, Northeast... I think it's Northeast Wrestling or Northeast Championship Wrestling. There's a lot to go around in the Northeast. Pro Wrestling, what, Magic, Religion, all of them. I think everyone should benefit from having good financial backing. As long as Master P doesn't try to book stuff, I don't know his booking prowess, but I don't I don't know, and maybe someone can correct me on social media, Damien G347, but I don't really see Master P getting in a booking committee meeting unless he knows the business better than I, th- I think he does. Letting the wrestling minds do what they do. Now, House of Glory has been good at this a few things since I started watching them. They've always been good to bring in the one or two top-tier indie talent to work the one or two shows while putting over their hometown guy or gal. I'll never forget, first time I saw a women's match, I believe, was Heidi Lovelace, now Ruby Riot was brought in to face Sonya Strong, and you know, Heidi put her over, or you know, put Sonya over. I remember Zack Sabre Jr. wrestling Ken Broadway, who's one of my... I still don't get how more people don't know him. People know Private Party from AEW. People are starting to get to know Anthony Gangone from House of Glory. I don't know how more people don't know Ken Broadway. And if you don't know, look up a lot of his matches. Zack Sabre Jr., Tony Nese, one of my favorites, his... his I guess his... Not, it's not a trilogy. I guess his battles with... Leo Rush, the current WWE Cruiserweight Champion or NXT Cruiserweight Champion. That guy needs more publicity. Get him more work. But I, I, I honestly believe with the financial backing, things like HOG can, can be very successful because they've always brought in the one or, two, uh, one or two premier talents to work the shows. And then the meet and greets beforehand have always been good. They've always brought in a WWE Hall of Famer or WCW Hall of Famer for... A meet and greet. I remember they put the NWO in, but the NWO came in looking like they were late for soccer practice. So I thought that was funny. So I think it could be successful. What I hope this does is make people in the Northeast realize, and all over the country for that matter, that you will no longer get away with the hot dog and the handshake and people will treat talents a little bit more respectively. Respectably, sorry. More so than just saying, hey, I'll get you good exposure. Because if you're on HOG's payroll, I can only assume how much they're going to pay talent. I think it's something to look forward to as a wrestling fan. I'm personally looking forward to it all. And yes, I know the tank. If someone rides the tank, and I know Shotzi Blackheart at the last Battle Club Pro drove in the mini tank for her entrance. But if anyone belongs on the tank first, put Hokai in the tank. He can he can jiff from the tank. So if you don't know who Hokai is, Hokai19 on Twitter, the jiff master, the guy who a lot of independent wrestlers and even broadcasters should pay a lot of respect to and dollar dollars to for getting the good word out there for professional independent wrestling. So thank you, Hokai, and I think you're the first person that should either A, get a chain, B, get on the tank, 
or bring back the throwback jerseys while walking around ringside. But I challenge other promotions now to step their game up knowing that you can get financial backing from people. You may not get a millionaire, but there are people out there who are funding really good promotions. And everybody's got a niche. BCW has their niche. House of Glory is going to have their niche. Battle Club has their niche. Outlaw has their niche. So the Dropkick Depression has their niche. Niche, niche. By the way, can y'all let me know what the proper pronunciation of that is or enunciation of niche versus niche? Just like GIF and GIF. Hokai don't kill me. So I think there's enough to go around. I'm looking forward to seeing what HOG does. I know their for, their next show is called No Limit. I kind of got the reference because it was advertised before he purchased it or announced he purchased it. But now that it's called No Limit, I'm laughing to myself saying, I know where you got that from. <laughs> but that's all I got today. This quick addendum for the Big Gold Bell podcast. Damien Salty G representing for the guys. Thank you again for letting me add on to the show. Find me on social media, Damien G347 on Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram at Coach Damien G uh, where I do life coaching and professional development coaching as one of my other side gigs. And also the Damon G Show on Anchor.fm, which sponsors my show, as well as on SoundCloud, iTunes, and the like. Thank you. I love you all. We'll check you next week. And enjoy the wrestling, by the way. Stop with the whole, I don't like this, I like this. Enjoy the wrestling. There's plenty for all of us to, to like and enjoy. Just pick something. If you don't like something, turn the channel. Don't watch it. But you don't have to be negative all the damn time. It's tiresome. I had to mute a lot of y'all because on, on the timeline, it gets ridiculous. Though I do enjoy one tweet is in favor of NXT. The next tweet is in favor of AEW. The next tweet likes Raw. So that's good. Let's focus on the fact that that's a good thing and people actually have wrestling to choose from. So let's go with that. So let's keep that going. Let's lower down the negative just a little bit. And focus on the fact that there's something for all of us to watch. So thanks again, Damon G347 on Twitter, Coach Damon G on Instagram, The Damon G Show also on Anchor. Thank you to Big Gold Belt. They welcome me back with open arms after I took almost a two-year hiatus from broadcasting. And it's good to be officially back. I will catch you next time. All I really need, that big-